Have you ever dreamed of being able to make more money, live a better life, and have the financial freedom that's rightfully yours? Well now is your chance. With an engaging perspective and tone, your host Ryan Dement will guide you through your journey to financial freedom one step at a time. Let's get to it. Here is your host Ryan Dement. Hey guys, Ryan Dement from Chasing Financial Freedom Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. This week on the podcast, we have Shay Sparks. She's the CEO and I say CEO, the Chief Excitement Officer. So we're going to have to talk about that of Sparks of Fire International. She also has a podcast, The Power of Investing in People. And she's also an author of How to Get Your Voice Back. Shay, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me, Ryan. I'm excited to be here. Cool. So before we get into your journey, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Gosh, that's such a like hard question. Like, where do I start? I'll give you the fun version, right? So I am Auntie Shay Shay to all of my friends' kids. I am a rookie kayaker and I sometimes dog sit. <laughs> but I have sometimes, wait, dog back up. Some, sometimes <laughs> dog sit. So can yes. you define that? Yeah. So sometimes I pick up gigs to dog sit just to be able to stay at their house and get away from the roommate situation that I'm in. That's it. So sometimes I Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's a different way, a side hustle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. You just had a little bit of a life change for yourself? I did. I did. I retired, quote unquote, retired from my career after 29 years as a a hairstylist and salon owner. And stepped away from that and really had been working for the last 13 years to figure this out and to what do I want to do. And it just kind of landed in my lap where my brother had been asking me to move to Florida for 28 years. And I was like, no, no. And I'm not really sure why other than there was, I had a lot of excuses. And I had a lot of that I was focused on that wasn't aligned with living in Florida. And then I decided to let all that go, let all the goals go and not be attached to it anymore and grieve those. And unfortunately, I also had lost some family members and realized that family is the major thing that's important in my life. And so I said, okay, I will move to Florida from Kansas City. So from the middle of the state to cold winters to or middle of the country to cold winters to now it's sunny almost every day. So yeah, big change. And you get ocean and beach and all those beautiful things that you didn't have before oh yes and so how are you adjusting it is an adjustment i'm lucky to live within 20 minutes from the ocean so i don't get there enough but my goal eventually is to be able is to go and walk on the beach every day at sunrise because that's like the most beautiful moment is when that sun is coming up over the ocean and the horizon and i just feel like it's god's gift to us of a new start to restart every day so I like to do that. That's awesome. A lot of people do not just say, I'm going to pack up and go and take a year off. I've had a gentleman on another, my other podcast that decided he was having, he called it a midlife crisis, but really (laughs) he had two heart, he had two heart attacks. Wow. And he decided that he was going to go on a two year sabbatical. Mm -hmm. He traveled Europe and it was very inspiring and to hear how he changed his life and changed his health and, and his well-being. It was great. So let's just dive right into it and we can get into some other stuff. So 
what are you trying to accomplish and what do you want to do during this year that you're taking off? Yeah. So the first year, because, or the first month, I should say, I knew that change is hard for everyone. And I wanted to give myself a grace period, really sink into the change. And so I told myself that I'm going to, for the first at least 30 days, I'm going to sleep, eat, and cry and just be okay with whatever that looks like because it is a change. It's also a grieving period of what my life used to look like. And now it's totally different and got to make new friends and a new routine. And what does all this look like? And I gave myself grace for that. And then the next, well, the next, the last five months that I've been working on, because I've been here six altogether, is really just one traveling. I'm gone at least one week a month somewhere. And that could be just a road trip, or it could be like a conference, a podcast conference, or a coaching conference or something else. And in June, I actually took three weeks and I did a road trip through the whole West Coast. I flew into San Francisco, drove down to Ooh. LA, San Diego, over to Vegas, and back up to Park City, Utah, and then Salt Lake and home. And I did that. I know. <laughs> um, no it's a big that's, trip. That's cool. So you flew in and then drove to the different parts of those states? Yes, I rented a car and decided to drive because I had either I had cousins in San Francisco and then I had friends in all the other places that either I had met through LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or some sort of social media and not met them in person. So I wanted to meet them in person or I had known them in person and just wanted to solidify more of that connection with the one on one because since the pandemic, we've really been isolated. So I really wanted to get that back to the in person type of meetings. And so I, and then at the end, I had a coaching retreat that I was a part of that I had went through with my coaching certification program. They have a coaching retreat every year. So I knew that was like the last stop. But again, there were people throughout this trip that I just really wanted to spend one-on-one -on -one time with. And it was absolutely probably my favorite trip that I've taken so far in my lifetime. That's huge. Again, a lot of people don't do these things to go out and explore and understand that life is what we make it. But we're also only guaranteed the now and today. We don't get a tomorrow. So that's big. So you're, you've been there six months. What's on the plate for the next six months? And then and how are you, what are you going to be doing with your businesses? And then what are you going to be doing to grow yourself and expand out in Florida? Yeah, so great question. So about 13 years ago, I really started to explore what's next for me and how can I retire from being a hairstylist because my shoulder was hurting so bad that I knew I'd have to probably have six months off to have a shoulder surgery at some point. And I knew that it was, that's detrimental for most hairstylists when you get to that point and then you go back, you can't go back at the same capacity. So I've been working on this. What is it that I really want to do? And, or what do I want to do next kind of a thing? And so I loved the part of the interaction and the conversation in the salon. I loved the having the intimate conversations where people tell me things. So two things, it was coaching and they were telling me I would have been coaching behind the chair for most of my career anyway. <laughs> and then the other part was podcasting. I actually love the conversation and stuff like that. So over the past five months, I've really been, oh, last five years, let me back up, the last five years, I've been doing that. So I went through the coaching certification. I've written a book. I started my podcast really just honed in on what the things that light me up, that light my soul on fire. So I can then create a, a, a space there where others can share their stories and really spark their own voice 
in whatever that looks like. It could be a book. It could be a podcast. So in the last, I've had my own dentist, doctor, and financial planner say, oh, I want to start a podcast, but I have no idea where to start. And if I, <laughs> I daily want it more conversational, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can help you with that. So what I am doing now, what I call is spark your voice. And really it's that I am a podcast producer slash co-host. And I interview the professional who, solopreneur, who like doctor, dentist, accountant, what have you, who really want to have a podcast that specializes in optimizing what they do, what they specialize in, what they want to talk about, where I'm just the host giving them the interviews and pulling the questions out to really get down to the nitty gritty and the cool stuff that we need to be excited about this for. And then then I take care of all the back end stuff. And I have a team that I work with to do that. So that to me is like, the ultimate thing that I love having conversations like this. I love being on other podcasts. I love just having great conversations with interesting people. And that's just shown up with me over and over again, especially when I was out in the West Coast tour. It was, I call it a, a podcast and book tour because that's really what I was doing is just connecting with people and having fun. I have to say doctors, attorneys, accountants, whatever, that group of people, that's got to be a tough conversation because my other side of my life is I have a, a coaching practice that I work with. And I think we've talked about this. I'm not sure about broke doctors, attorneys and airline pilots. And <laughs> it's tough. And I don't know how you do it. And I do it just off of and it's a struggle. They're just a whole different group of people, not bad or indifferent. It's just they're different. It's I try to have a conversation like you and I are having back and forth. And it's OK, I'm, I got to go pull your teeth or do something because, man, you got to have some type of personality. And it's like. How do you draw that out? Let's get, no, let's not even go there because I can go down a rabbit hole, but let's back up. I yeah. mean, let's talk about what you're doing with podcasts because I get that question. I just got a question before you, we came on from a, a, an old boss of mine from when I worked in corporate America. He wants to start a podcast. I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, one, I don't have, I have the time, but I don't really have the time. So do you help just anybody or are you specific to those niches? Great question. I'm specific to those niches. However, what I'm really specific for are people who are asking that question or saying that statement. I want to have a podcast and I don't okay. know where to start. And they also know that it needs to be conversational. Like they understand the value in having an interactive conversation rather than themselves reading a script and just talking about what it is that they do. Because unless they're trained professionally as a speaker or as a broadcaster, they're not really going to understand that their audience is going to hear them completely monotone because that's when most people read. It's monotone. Yes. So for me, it's really those people who are like your boss that are like, I want to start a podcast and I don't know where to start. And I know that it would be beneficial to me to have someone in, interact with me and bring out the conversation. Because I have literally been the person that people tell things to my entire life before I became a hairstylist, I feel like being the hairstylist that and experience that I have, years of experience of drawing people's, what they really want to say out, that I believe that's why the host, the, the co-host, the interview, or the, the facilitator of the interview is like my sweet spot because it's really, oh yeah, I get to dive down to the nitty gritty of who this person is and what they want to convey. So are these only audio or are they audio and video? 
They are audio and video, but my goal is for me to be able to train their marketing team to then eventually take it over. But we get started and then they take it over because I am a different kind of coach. So I'm a certified fearless living coach. And every person I've ever spoken to about, oh, what is your coaching packages like? And what is this? And what is that? And I have always felt frustrated in that area. And I just figured out recently in the last few months that I am not a package person. I am not come talk to me for the next month, every single week. And we have 52 sessions together. That is not who I am. However, and I think it's because I spent years people being with me every four to six weeks, 29 years of that. So now I see the benefit is let's get you started on the right path. Say it's eight to 15 episodes, and then let's train your staff, your marketing team to see what they could take over. Maybe one of your staff can start interviewing you, or maybe we can just interview you, but then you take care of all the back end stuff. And it's just a different kind of dynamic then. So there's different ways that just depends on the person. It's not a one and done package. It's just we figure it out as we go along what it is that their needs are. But my goal is to actually give you back the control of it. And I walk away and move on to the next. Like that. That's I try to do that with some of my clients, but some of them are a little more further along because they're they're up against the wall when it comes to financials and bankruptcy is looming. So I'm spending more time with them. But I like that. I like that. I'm going to have to take that back and say, hey, can I do that? Because I'm with you. I don't want to meet with somebody on a regular basis unless I really have to. And if I can spend the time up front to give them the tools necessary to succeed, that's where I want to be because then I can go help somebody else. But if we have to continue to go back to the way, it's hard. I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over again. So there's two things out of that is either I didn't explain it well enough on the front end and show you and give you the tools or you just didn't listen. So those are the things that I struggle with. So tomato, tomato, I enjoy that. So you're in the podcasting space and I really like that. That's really, that it's cool. It's, there's not a lot of people that are doing that because most of the people, at least from my perspective that reached out to me, they say, oh, we see you've cracked the top 100. You're doing this, you're doing that. And it's, oh, we want to do this for you. And then I see the bill and I'm like, yeah, this is not where I'm at. And they want to stay on forever and just keep going and keep going. It's, it's not where we go. How, let's say I'm, I want to start my podcast and I've got that mm -hmm. question. Can you walk me through how that would look typically? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, we get on the phone or we get on Zoom and we talk about what, why you want to start a podcast, first of all. And most of the time I'll share with one for an example is that they got a lot of questions. Most of of the professionals, they have a lot of questions. And instead of calling the staff and having the staff answer or making an appointment and have that professional answer, and then it takes them away from time who are with their paying clients, they can, they want to have a library, a resource center where they can send people and go check out my mm -hmm. podcast. I answer that question right there. So most of the time I have found that that is their why. And then we go in even deeper. So the thing I love about podcasting is that it is just the one vehicle. But when you start into getting trans, there are so many different aspects. It's your social media. It's your email marketing. There are so many different avenues with podcasting. It's just not a, an audio file and then that's it. You also have YouTube, which helps your SEO. There's all these different things that really makes me excited because it's not just a, here's an answer to your solution or here's an answer to your problem. and then 
that's it. There are options for you to grow forward. And again, that's my whole thing in life is to help you help people grow and stretch and heal and figure out where they need to go next. Once we have identified all the different things that they need, because like I said, if their marketing team is capable of doing some of the things, then great. I don't need to train them. I don't need to put in the hours to train them. But if they're not, then we need to dive a little bit deeper and figure it out what it is they want. And they then have control of all the assets. So once we once we record and re-record on video and audio, they'll have all the assets. So if they decide later on they want to upload it all to YouTube, but they want it edited, great. You can find an editor or I can find an editor. Again, it depends on their budget. It depends on what they're willing to pay. And a lot of times because they already know me, they like me and they trust me now, they're already like, Shay, you can you do the editing? And I'm, I will, yeah, absolutely. If I have someone on my team that can do the editing and we will move forward with that. But if you don't, I'm good with that. I don't get upset if someone goes, hey, I don't want to pay for this because someone on my staff does it. Awesome. They have them do it. Put them to work because I read a book many years ago called It's Not How, It's Who. And so when oh. you find the who that wants to do that thing that they love to do, then you let them do it rather than figuring it out yourself going, how am I going to do this? So if someone wants to do the editing or someone wants to do the marketing, awesome, let them do it because that's their thing. For me, my thing is getting that person in the who I'm interviewing, getting them excited, getting them pumped up about their own business. And that's the other thing that I love about it is that they get to talk about the thing they love to talk about, them and what what their specialty is. Do most of these clients have like a marketing staff internal already? Are they that large? Some do and some do not. <laughs> some have a receptionist and then that's slash their rate, their marketing department. Got it. The whole department and have to walk them through. And this is how you, you put a, you put a, your podcast on your PS on your email. Oh, PS, by the way, I have this podcast. I'd love for you to subscribe and blah, blah, all of that. And then, um, you know, there's also social media. I had one just recently. I'm like, so tell me, they kept asking me these questions about podcasting. And I was like, yes, and I can help you with that. And they're like, no. And every time I would say, I can help you with that. Great. I'll have my marketing team call you. And then as we're leaving the office, I walk out and they're like, oh, by the way, here's the marketing team. That's also the receptionist. And I said, oh, great. So do you have Instagram? And they're like 20 years younger than me. And they're like, no, I don't have Instagram. Okay. So how are we going to, we got to start from square one <laughs> and get you out on, do you have LinkedIn? And they're like, no. Okay. So we have some things to work on. It's really about guiding them and again, giving them back the responsibility to do this because it that my thing is not to be a babysitter, but to be a an encourager, a cheerleader, and somebody that gives them the tools to start the fire and then hand it back off to you. I say this and it's tongue in cheek. I don't want to discourage people from creating a podcast. It's a competitive market, but it's all about helping each other out. But people don't realize how much time and effort goes into it. If you're really going to do it, I've gone through four different iterations of, of video work and platforms and I'm still evolving. I'm using a DSLR for my video today and I can't get it to shoot full frame for some reason. So that's just bugging <laughs> what out of me. So I'm going to figure that out or I've got another camera and I'll adjust. But all the work that goes in on the back end, not just post. 
like you said, SEO, making the blog posts, making sure you got the transcri- transcription done. And then there's all the video pieces too. Probably for the last, I would probably say about six months or so, I've been really looking at video and doing shorts and then also mm. doing three to five minute videos. And I don't, and we can go down a rabbit hole on this one. I don't know if it's because of the internet or because we've just lost our attention span. The gateway to my podcasts are through my shorts and my short videos. It's the only way I'm getting people to come in and actually listen or watch the full 40 or 50 minutes. If I put 40 or 50 minutes out there with no shorts tied to it, I don't get any movement from it because they just don't want to listen to it or binge it. So I get it. I'm not talking about sexy stuff and it doesn't hurt my feelings, but I had to go back and reinvent myself and say, okay, how do we do this? I have a virtual assistant. I probably got to get another one. She's learned a lot of social media, but not enough. Now I'm looking for somebody that can actually do some post-production to take it off my plate because I'm the one doing it right now. And it's at this point, it's gotten crazy. But talk about the work that goes into the podcast piece and really understanding if you're going to do it right and jump in. And then we haven't talked about this, so I don't know where you're at on it, is the time and dedication and the consistency that you have to be to make it work. Yes. One of the things that hear a lot of that really quite comical to me, if you make it, then if you make it and put it out on the internet, then everybody will see it. I'm like, first of all, that's never true. That's never true at all. And then second of all, of I put 10 episodes out and I don't get, I didn't get any traction. I don't understand. I'm not a success. I'm not making, I don't have sponsors yet. Like I don't get it. And so I always remind people that this is a long game. This is for, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. So what I like to do is take interviews and do them in a sprint and batch them all out, let's say in a week and several, 15, 10, 15 episodes done in a week. And then we can go from there and you can then spend the next 10, 15 weeks working on the social media and things like that and bringing one out a week. It's, there's so many little components to it. And when I started out, I was editing it myself. I was doing all the social media. I was going to, through my coaching certification, my dad had just passed away. I was also working full-time in the salon and I was trying to like eat healthy and exercise and have relationships and friendships. And yeah, it was like, oh my gosh, this is so much. And I Remember just thinking to myself, like, how awesome would it be if I had a team one day to take care of all this stuff? Because that's what they're good at. That's their that's the who for me. And ended up going to a podcast conference called PodFest. And at the time, it was in 2000, it was 2020, March of 2020. So it was right before everything. There was no toilet paper in the world, actually. It literally right before. <laughs> and I went to the first day to the military creator con because I have a lot of veteran friends and I'm connected in the military and veteran support organization um, community. And so I went to that and I met the person who is now my editor. And it was like such a sigh of relief to be able to go, thank goodness, someone else can take care of that. And then that's what they're, that's what they do. That's the, gives them joy. And then I mm-hmm. can get back to what really gives me joy is the conversations and the connecting with the people before and after and building those relationships because that's what I'm really good at and that's what I love to do. So again, it goes back to if you, depending on what kind of podcast you want to start is why do you want to do it? And then know that 
it's going to be discouraging. It is not easy to start it, put it out on the internet and then wait. So you have to be able to inspire yourself and encourage yourself to keep going, to be consistent. And even if you say, you know what, I'm going to take a break, then call it a season or let people know that you're going to take a break. Because even if you have one listener, 10 listeners, 10,000 listeners, they're still listening. So you can say, please feel free to continue to go back and listen to the beginning. I will be back. I am just taking a break right now because I need it. And I found that when I did that, it was that they came back like double when I took Mm -hmm. that first break. But I was funny when I did that first break, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to call this a season. And some people do the episodes, all the numbers. And I was like, nope, I'm going to do it a season because I need a break. And I do that periodically. And it's so beneficial to me, but it's also, I feel like beneficial to them because you're really engaging in your audience. And I think that's the other thing that people don't understand in podcasting. It's a three-way, if it's an interview or an interviewee, that's a three-way conversation because you have to engage with the audience as well. And for those listeners, ask yourself this. Let's not, those are the questions. Like those, put a question out to your, your audience. So they're thinking too. And it's just not overhearing or eavesdropping on a conversation. You're actually getting engaged in into the conversation. And I think that really helps and build rapport and support as well. But to me, the most important thing is really consistency and inspiring and motivating yourself to be consistent. Because there are days, years, I've done this for four years, over 200 episodes. And there are times where I'm like, oh, I can't do this. So take a break and then come back. It's a lot of work. I'm with you. And my this podcast that we're on, this is we're going to be turning four years old here in September. And it's a grind. I first started. uh, I'm here to share the world. I was getting five, 10, 12 downloads. Yeah, that is that was frustrating to say the least. But back four years ago, the word was if you stuck to it for 12 to 24 months, it would take off. I'm like, okay, I can stick it out for 12 to 24 months. But the one thing I wasn't consistent, I missed the consistency. I wasn't putting out an episode on the single day that I said I was going to do it. I was missing here and there. So I felt like I had to start all over. And season two was a lot better. I got more consistent. Season three, I was really consistent. And then between season three and season four, I took a break and I let people know, hey, I'll be back. I'm rebranding. I'm doing some stuff. And you're right. They came back and fold and it's been wonderful. It's great. The question that I want to ask, because it's the question that I know a lot of people are asking, especially my old boss, he's like, I don't have a lot of money for budget wise to start mm. a podcast. So how do I afford it? Mm. And I, I don't have that answer because my <laughs> answer is I bootstrapped it and I learned it myself and I talked to people and I connected with people. I have a virtual system that can help with a lot of it already. I don't know what to tell those individual contributors about how do I do all this? Because I'm just so used to bootstrapping. Yeah, that, that's how I started too. I figured it out. I did it myself. I t- actually took class at the mm-hmm. local community college on how to edit yeah. a podcast. That's what I did. And I was like, oh, okay, I can figure this out. I can do it. I downloaded Audacity and that's where I recorded in and made it happen. Mm-hmm. And then there's the host. I think Anchor is still free. You can upload it to that and go from there. And I started there. So. And here's one thing I want to say is that just because you 
bootstrap it and you start off with the cheapest way you can in the beginning, you're going to grow as a human. So your podcast needs to grow and reflect that. So it might not be that you can pay somebody today to edit, but know that at some point you will want to hand that off to someone. So when you look at your marketing budget going forward, put that in there, add that to it, add production, add editing, add maybe if you want to take social media off your plate, because then you have to ask the question is how much is your time worth? Yes. And is all this time spending on the one thing that's driving you crazy, like editing used to drive me crazy, then your time could be is taken away from all these other things that you could be that you want to do that you could be doing that could make you more money. Editing isn't going to make you money. No, it is not. But it will help your show grow. So I got to ask the other question. Just ballpark. What would people expect to pay a editor? Gosh, anywhere between. So I am guessing because I had somebody actually, one of my clients told me, well, and so told me I could go to Fiverr. And I was like, sure, go to Fiverr. That's no problem. Not would, great. Not great results. I've tried. Exactly. Go somewhere else first. If that's what's going to help you to decide to come to me. Absolutely. <laughs> go somewhere. <laughs> I'm not afraid again to say that. I'm all about collaboration. So if you go and you figure out that's not the route for you, you're, you might not get the results that the results that you're desired outcome is that's aligned with your goals for your podcast, for having a podcast. If that's what you want to do and try it, then try it. I had in the beginning, I think it was about that I paid my editor about $60 an episode. And now it's, God, I don't even know. It's a lot right now. It's in the couple of hundreds for an episode. But then with everything else, depending on all of the backend stuff, the social media what is it that, you know, I do, it's anywhere from $1,000 an episode to $15,000 an episode. And I just saw that, I just saw an article about that, that had that same price range. And I was like, wow, that's so amazing. Like 15,000 for an episode. Now, I honestly have to tell you, I'm going to be full disclosure. I don't actually charge that yet. But I could see at some point where that will be the case, especially on the bigger accounts that I take on, because I do have some emails out there to other to bigger accounts. Yeah. I, wow, that's amazing. $15,000 <laughs> an episode. And I think that would be more part of the video production side of it and not and it would be in person. So there's travel, video team, stuff like that. So if you just you're starting out and you want to have somebody help you edit the video, safe to say between 60 and a $200 to do the post-production? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would say that's okay. probably about spot on to, yeah, maybe three to 60 to 300. And here's the thing I'll say this is that why I love the podcasting community is because I am a big fan of the podcast conference that I attend, which is Podcast Movement and PodFest, you go and you meet hundreds of people. So maybe the person who wants to start it is start with the Facebook group and ask for editors. And maybe you'll find an editor who is new starting out and be able to say, how can we maybe trade services? Maybe there's something that you can barter, or maybe you can get a discounted rate for like a, a editorial, not an editorial, testimonial on their services or something. And maybe it's only going to be five episodes instead of your whole season, but it can be at least somewhere 
to get you started if that's really the route you want to go. In in I'm asking just I know what it is, but I want to share with the audience is what could they expect for services for that range of between sixty and three hundred dollars? What could they expect for what they get for what they get? Yeah, what they get from the editor. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times it's transcriptions, it's show notes. It's also like could be a hosting fee. It could be an editing fee of taking out the ums or the sneezes or the coughs or the, oh, I pronounced their name wrong. Again, you have to be cognizant of what it is that you recorded that you want to have deleted so you can give them notes as well. And that was the other thing is like, what, you just don't listen and hear that? No, you have to be, <laughs> you have to, I mean, that you have to understand that their dog is barking in the back. And so you need to, it might still be there for the entire interview, but they might be able to do something where they can muff a little bit. There's just certain things like that, that that's what you get in the price. Again, it just, it runs the gamut. It depends. I met someone, the first podcast conference I went to, he was from Australia and which was amazing that they came all the way from Australia. There was like five of them that I met. It was incredible wow. from Australia. And they didn't know each other. That was the other thing. Two of them knew each other and the rest of them didn't. So it was really fun to connect them. But they had, one of them was an, inter, an editor. And I asked, what do you charge? And he said, $600 an episode. And I said, American dollars. And he said, yes, American dollars, $600 an episode. And that's wow. just audio. That was not video. That was just audio. Wow. That's crazy. That's, there's so many tools out there on the back end that you can use and we can go down a rabbit hole on that too, but $600 an episode, that's steep. But Hey, you know what? I'm with you. I want to offload it at some point in my life too. And my VA is, I've got her stretched thin. So thank you for that. That's good information. It's, I can use it. The listeners can use it. Let me say something about the VA because I just learned this myself and I, it never occurred to me. So a lot of people will go hire a VA thinking, oh, they're going to be their catch all to do everything. And again, they have a specialty. So you might have, because you just said you might, we're thinking about hiring another one. You might have three or four because that's three or four completely different specific things that they do. This is why we work so hard in our business and our other, in our day job. So we can have mm -hmm. this hobby slash other business, another uh, revenue stream at some point so that we had to, have like to spend that. money on so, it. Some point there, you got to say that some point. <laughs> Again, yeah, because it's not just put it on the internet and there it is and I'm making money on it. That's not what happens. Exactly. Although that's what people, the public who have no idea, that's what they think what happens. Very true. I'm with you on the VA. My one VA that I have today has been with me almost six years, but that was trial and error through, I think I hired and got rid of about 14 or 15. By that oh, point, wow. it was through a service and then she left that service and then I just started working with her directly. And then she has friends that have worked at that service that have different skill sets. So I'm starting to talk to them and understand what they can and can't do and go through a process. And that's a whole nother conversation piece, especially when they're in the other side of the world. So she's in the Philippines. Yeah. She's 16, 17 hours ahead, whatever it is. And she's working at night during our daytime. So you have to make sure that your VA understand that can handle the night hours. If they don't have any of that experience and they're used to working a day job, their time, it's a struggle. I learned that very quickly in my first three that came through. They're like, I'm not used to working at night. I need you working during the day because that's when I'm working. But it's the same thing as I've tried Fiverr also, like we discussed earlier, and Fiverr was a joke. You get what you pay for. 
But the other thing is they don't want to do very much work for you when it comes to the pieces that you're looking for. They just want to do the basics and be done. And, and if that's what you're looking for, that's great when you start out, but you have to evolve. And if you don't evolve with that, it doesn't work. And the biggest piece that I take away from myself is I've had to learn to, like I said earlier, edit, but then what tools can I use that make me more effective with my time to minimize the amount of time? Because today we'll record your show. I'll go post edit it tonight and it'll be live on Wednesday. I've got it down to that type of a science to where as soon as we finish recording here, this will hit my VA's desk. She'll start going through it, cleaning it all up, and then I'll see the final post for everything that we do. We use a tool named, I'm sure you're familiar with Descript. Mm -hmm. it, it's come a long ways and we're out on the beta version right now where we can do storyboards. It is, yeah. I love it. I can't, I, if I didn't have Descript, I think I'd be lost without it because it gives me my transcriptions. It gives me my show notes. I get all my shorts out of it for video. And there's so many things I can do in one place, but it, it's taken my time. I was probably spending between three to five hours an episode post-production when I first started this. I've got it down under an hour. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. But now you got your time by back. All means, yeah, I get my time back, but by all means, I'm no professional editor, but I'm teaching somebody else to do that. And then she's learning a new skill. And then hopefully the VA that I can bring on to do this full time will have even more skills so we can go to the next level because there's a lot of things I want to do. I just don't have a time because my day jobs are running a real estate investment business. I've got a nonprofit and take my time. These, this is my passion project. I love these. I love having conversations with guests like yourself, but you also have to make sure that you spend your time on things that make money. And I've never got in. So the very first thing I'll say, and then I'll say it to the whole group again, I never got into podcasting to make money. I got into podcasting to let my voice get out there, share my stories, but share my guest stories. And, and it's an old adage, it's dumb, but I want to be able to impact at least one person per episode. I'm doing more than that now. But if you get into it for the green stuff, it doesn't work. You're not going to be successful and it's just going to, you're going to fail and it's, you got to get into it, what you're going to put into it. And it's either your passion, your love or whatever you say, your side hustle. But it's a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to put it on the internet, like you said, and I'm going to make money. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, the way I look at that one. No, I love it. it. The way I look at it is looking at it as a digital audio business card. It is a, just another like business card for your business. Now, does that mean that your business card makes you money? No, no, it doesn't. But do you, is it a tool that you can use so people can get to know you, see your visibility, listen to your authority? Yes. So it's a digital audio business card. I look at it as a gateway, similar to what you're talking about. This is a gateway into our universe. And TrueVest is my universe, is where people get to understand what we do. Nonprofit, real estate, mortgage investing, private lending. But they get to see another side of me where I get to talk to people about their journeys in life. And then they just move their way in and start doing different things. I'm starting to see more people reach out for coaching. More mm -hmm. people are asking about how do I get involved with a nonprofit? There's different things in it. I don't expect it. It's wow. Okay, cool. That's awesome. It gets me excited. It's okay. I'm doing this. But it took four, four years in September for this to happen. So this is a long game, but I had a lot of inconsistency in the beginning. 
And I did too. But I really feel like even if you didn't have inconsistency, I had somebody now who has, he has a million downloads an episode now. And it took him 10 years. And he was consistent for 10 years. So literally just think it's not, it's about, it's not necessarily about consistency. It's just about timing, period. It's either your time or it's the, still the building time. But he's still there after 10 years. And yes. I, after 10 years, if I had a million downloads, I'd say, okay, that's success. But it, it, here the thing is, I'm not a, I, I shouldn't, I should have got to back up. I'm not all about the vanity numbers because downloads are vanity numbers. If we don't bring, if I don't bring quality to the listeners with great guests like yourself and other guests, What's the point of having a podcast? You really don't, you're really not putting out a product. So why even do it? So can we get the vanity numbers and can we get the shares and likes and comments? Oh yeah, great, whatever. But at the end of the day, I want to do a show that I love and I'm happy about and I can lay my head on the pillow at night and say, hey, I did a good job. That's it. Absolutely. Like we talked about with one of my clients, it, that's what he was wanting it for. And I love that because I know that at the end of every episode, the person I interviewed dropped some sort of knowledge nugget. And that is a take for my audience. So it's just a, it's a great resource center. So it's not about, again, it's not about the numbers because I think the numbers, depending on which platform you're looking at are, they're all indifferent. So it's like, how can you tell? How can you tell who's right? (laughs) Yes, they're skewed because I've run my podcast across many platforms and it's amazing how many different numbers you get. And it's okay. And then no one talks about, some people talk about it, but then you have the doldrums of the summer and no one wants to say, hey, in the summer, people take time off away from podcasts and you're not getting the same downloads. I've experienced ups and downs in in the summer and it's whatever. I'm not worried about it, but there's just so many nuances of podcasting that we don't really talk about and people, and we're back to it again. People think you put it out there just like TikTok or Instagram. You put out one video, you're going to, you're going to trend and you're going to become a millionaire overnight. And it's, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Thank you. And I went down a rabbit hole with this. This was really oh, fun. This is awesome. Be- before we get away, I don't want to miss this piece. Can we talk a little bit about your book and then we'll wrap things up and we'll go from there? Yes. So I have written a solo book. It's called How to Get Your Voice Back, Six Steps to Build Up Your Confidence When Negativity Takes You Down. And that was an amazing feet to write a book and it's not like any other book it's a journal prompt is what it is and it happened in wedding and so I was lucky enough to just sit at the computer and one day it just flowed out of me and so recently we didn't mention this but I'll talk about it recently in 2020 I started fire hashtag fire starters book book project And that is a collection of creative thought leaders who have, are wanting to expand their own visibility, expand their notoriety, expand their network. So they they are connecting inside a book. So we have a Facebook group as well that the people who are in the book, we interact with, we share each other's posts or we connect with them. We're on each other's podcasts. Some of them are podcasters. Some of them are coaches. I've had two chief master sergeants in the last one, two chief master sergeants, probably three or four life coaches and a Navy veteran who was on, spent years on a submarine. 
So it's a fascinating that in most books who are do this co-author type of book, they it used to be like chicken soup for the soul for nurses or for teachers. He was specific to a demographic target market. And I wanted something different because I believe at the core of all of us, we are all the we all are similar and we all experience similar things. So I wanted to really have a diverse group and be able to bring people from all walks of life to really hit what was underneath and really focus on people that you never hear about who are already doing things in the world that they are the change that they want to see. And so hashtag Firestarters Book Project started in April of 2020. And we have the first collection out, which was called How to Be a Spark of Hope in the Midst of Change. And then the second one, we are actually interviewing for new co-authors who want to be a part of this movement. And it is going to be called How to Be Fearless in What Sets Your Soul on Fire. So I, if anyone... I'll just put the plug in there now, if that's okay, Ryan. If anyone wants to, if anyone wants to be a part of that or know more information, you can go to firestartersbookproject.com and there's a link to either book an appointment with us and have an interview and see, go from there and hear your idea for your chapter, or you can ask more, hit an email and ask more questions about it. So, yeah. I'll definitely put that in the show notes too, so we can share that. So I have no problem with that. That's really cool. That's We'll have to we'll have to turn back around and get you back on and talk a little bit more about that because I think that's the collaboration that comes out of all this and being able to work with others that are like minded is big and I don't know if you're familiar with Brian Kelly yeah oh you are okay a oh, bit. He's, he's he's a good friend and we're talking about something to in the sense of a mastermind but more around business mm-hmm. and having the podcast being a an offshoot or or like that inner circle piece so it's interesting how this all evolves and in. in where we go with it. It's a huge community, but everyone wants to be able to work together and help. And that's, I love it. It's great. I've met so many great people through this process and everybody is, Hey man, if you need help doing this, I can do that. And there's just so many things that go back and forth. It's great. And that's what we created was a mastermind inside a book. So you guys could do the same, take everyone's chapter on one theme and then really create it inside a book to be able to expand your audience and to give so many, so much value and to leave the legacy. Cause that's what books are. That's what our podcasts are. We're leaving a legacy and making an impact. That's awesome. I'll, we'll definitely have to follow up on that and learn some more because that's, it's all about doing things in collaboration and working and growing your, it's growing that way. Because ultimately, like you said, you're going to get additional exposure and you're going to have other ways, or I should say other doors open to where you get people coming in through your podcast or through this collaboration or through something else that you've done. And you're like, wow, I didn't know that was going to work. And it's that's and that's just <laughs> life in general and being able to understand that, making that change and putting it out. It's I get excited about it because I see people changing on a daily basis. That is awesome. You're now a homeowner. That's a huge yes. change. You've rented all your life and now you're a homeowner. Yeah. You got to be proud of yourself and pat yourself on the back and you enjoy it. But you went through a lot to get there. And I think that's what the collaborations do is you get all these great people together and they all have great stories to tell. And it, it's uplifting and you learn. Agree. Definitely agree. I love it. And you're right. You, you pat yourself on the back for any accomplishment. So I will say that whether it's buying a house or doing a podcast or start writing a book, it's all an accomplishment. Or hitting record and just recording a video that you're passionate about and just putting it out yeah. there and, and start seeing where it takes you. I'm all for that. 
Shay, it has been a wonderful conversation with you. I thank you for coming on. Best way to get a hold of you if people want to work with you on a podcast? Yeah, absolutely. They can find more information at shaysparks.com. I am updating the website a little bit, but you can always connect with me on social media there, that's linked there as well. But that's S-H-A-S-P-A-R-K-S dot com. And yeah, I look forward to hearing from your audience. Cool. Thank you for coming on. And I'll put that in the show notes and I'll be talking to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks.